Wisdom Ways is all about living from the true power of who you are. Marianne Williamson once said, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. If that is true, then how can we let go of those fears and become one with our authentic power? Speaking from personal experience, insights, and stories of awareness, Richard Schultz, spiritual healer and guide, invites you to take a courageous journey with him to finally let go of your deepest fears and embrace inner power beyond measure. Get prepared to travel to the inner spaces that will expand your awareness, freedom, and mastery of life. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wisdom Ways to Living from Your True Power. I'm your host, Richard Schultz, and we've been taking a journey to understanding how you can claim your authentic power. In previous podcasts, I set the groundwork for deeper discussions about wholeness and how wholeness is a path to authentic power. Our power is always available to us, just ready for us to plug into, but unfortunately, we either plug into low-energy outlets or we have a lot of energy leakages on the line. We have created resistance to the fast-flowing current of what is possible in life, and this resistance slows us down from manifesting the life that we desire. This resistance and energy leakages I've been calling shadow. What would it be like if you operated your life with a greater bandwidth of power? If you had a problem with power coming into your home or your computer, you wouldn't ignore it, would you? Most would diagnose the energy loss and get it repaired so that your lights glow with brilliance and your computer gives you full access to your work or your play. Wholeness is having all of our true power available to us to navigate and create our lives with greater fulfillment, joy, and abundance. In the last podcast, I talked about what shadow is, where it comes from, and why it is so important to work with our shadows. I gave you an example of the shadow of anger and how it can affect our lives and how owning anger gives us greater capacity to create boundaries with others. Anger is a powerful energy that, when chosen with love, can help us create the world that we desire. When not owned and embraced, it can be destructive or even violent. Anger is a powerful energy and can never be fully suppressed. It must go somewhere, so it ends up in projections into our relationship or creates disease such as cancer in the body. We all have many, many shadows. As we experience, grow, and evolve through life, we continue to uncover and discover more of these shadows that create havoc or hold us back. However, each of these shadows has gifts for us too, and as each one is embraced and owned, we expand into greater power, love, acceptance, and joy. This is the destiny of our soul. In today's podcasts and future podcasts, my plan is to get more specific in exposing shadows where people commonly lose their power. These shadows will be both light shadows, those shadows which we consider good but have not been able to own and embrace, and dark shadows, those that we consider bad aspects and we can't stand or have tried to hide all of our lives. I'll be sharing with you personal stories from my own experience as much as possible and inviting you to look at your own experience with each of the shadows that are discussed. 
I invite you to be really honest with yourself and consider if the shadows I talk about are also your shadows or similar. Shadows are very personal and have their own individual characteristics. Their origin, emotional makeup, and behaviors are unique to all of us. Shadows and the emotional energy behind them are processed rather than programmed. Once processed and embraced, our shadows become our ally rather than our perceived enemy. The shadow of anger, for example, will affect everyone's life just a little differently because we are all unique and have unique perspectives on life. Therefore, if the stories, perspectives, or characteristics of my experience with shadow does not ring true to you, but there is some charge or dramatization that is similar, then analyze, integrate, and process your own story and use your intuition to discover what shadow energy is in it for you. If you need assistance, please reach out to me and we'll work on it together. Sometimes, just changing the word descriptor of a shadow will expose the truth of what you're unwilling to own. For example, one person may have a charge against the liar. For another person, the charge is against being labeled dishonest. Someone might have a charge against being a weakling. And for another, the energy might be the label of being a wimp. Find the specific energy for you what you can't stand and will not be. Because whatever you cannot be with will never let you be. Your shadow will follow you around until you own it and embrace it by shining your light of awareness on it. When you do, then the limiting patterns and behaviors that are associated with it just dissolve and transform into a sense of freedom and peace. Today, we're going to look at the archetypal energies and polarity of good and bad. I'm going to start this with a personal story about being the good boy. You may have had your own experiences about being good or bad with your own parents. So I invite you to listen to my story and maybe it will unveil some of your own programming about being the good girl, good boy, or if you took a different approach, the bad girl or bad boy. Which side did you decide at some time to identify with and reject the energy of the other? What is your shadow, and how has it shaped your life? If you fully embraced and owned the other side of the coin, how could this new capacity help you to grow and live now? My father was critical. His whole family was actually critical of each other. I remember sitting and listening to my father with his parents and siblings while they told each other what was wrong with each other. That was my father's programming. He did not know what else to do. For his family, loving someone else was telling them their shortcomings so that they could do better. As you can imagine, it was a family that fought and disliked each other. I hardly knew my uncles and aunt because they seldom got together. They couldn't stand each other. Like any child, I wanted to feel loved. My father did not have the capacity or knowledge to love me in the way I wanted or needed. I needed touch. I needed to hear the words, I love you, or I'm proud of you. My father showed his love by providing us with a home, nice clothes, and good food to eat. 
He also liked to take us fishing or hunting and spend time with us in those ways. Of course, he had his own limiting pattern by showing his love by telling me where I was not good enough so that I could be better. I was the golden-haired boy of the family. My father put his hopes in me to fulfill his own dreams vicariously. In order to feel loved, I took on the archetype of the good boy in order to please him. I subconsciously tried to be everything he wished me to be by getting good marks at school, being nice to everyone around me, working for him in the store, and following his footsteps as best I could. In the process, I rejected all of my qualities that might be considered bad by my dad or by anyone else for that matter. I had to be good at everything. I did not give myself permission to do anything wrong or to fail. I became a perfectionist in order to escape the criticism of my father and make him proud of me. I took on a fear of failure because I never wanted the criticism of my father or to let him down. The problem is, none of my behavior of being a good boy changed my father's behavior. If I came home with five A's and one B, my father would look at the B and tease me and suggest that probably one of the girls got a better mark than me. Even though I was the good boy, I could never feel or be good enough. Not being good enough and fearing that the bad in me would eventually be exposed and everyone would find out shaped my life for more than anything else. This quality of fearing I was bad and never good enough has been my personal journey to become aware of and eventually transform through embracing this shadow. Rejecting and keeping away the shadow of the bad boy was a lot of hard work. I had to study extra hard. I had to pretend that I was better than I felt at times. Things I was not good at or which took too much work to be better than everyone else, I usually dropped, such as piano and lots of sports that I couldn't be the best at. If I was not going to be the best, then I needed to find a way out of doing that so that I was not embarrassed or criticized. But all along, the bad boy stalked me. With the onslaught of puberty and testosterone, it became harder and harder to keep the bad boy that I had rejected away from me. In my teenage years, the bad boy would emerge when I got drunk, and the dangerously bad dick would stick up his ugly head and bite me. However, for the most part, despite all the energy it took, I remained the good boy and never even rebelled against my parents like a normal teenager. We're going to take a short break right now, and after the break, I'm going to continue my story of the good boy and the shadow of not good enough and bad boy. I'll talk about how this path of creating these shadows was a perfect catalyst for the path I took in life, and how it brought me to become everything I am today. I'll also share how embracing the shadow is now benefiting me even more and giving me a new capacity for experiencing life. I'm entirely grateful for the experience of my father, and if we at some level choose our parents, I'm grateful that I chose him and the experience he gave me. Once shadows are properly processed, 
the result is actually gratitude for the original wounds. We step out of the victim and know that everything is as it was meant to be. We step into authentic power and stop the leakages. You're busy. Your life is hectic. But if you take just a few minutes every day for yourself, you can improve your relationships, health, success, and self-esteem. All you need to do is join Richard Schultz for his online course, The Refreshing Beliefs Method. You'll learn how to release fears and how to use your whole mind to achieve your goals toward a better life. Join Richard Schultz online today at refreshingbeliefs.com. Get back in charge of your life. That's online at refreshingbeliefs.com. Welcome back to the second half of Wisdom Ways to Living from Your True Power. Before the break, I was sharing my story of taking on the persona of good boy and rejecting all that I and others might consider bad. I lived most of my life with a fear of the bad being exposed and hiding the feeling of not good enough in the shadows. Rejecting parts of us, such as being bad, dumb, ugly, slut, weakling, has its benefits. There is usually some solid, logical reason for rejecting them in the first place. We get a payoff, or we feel more loved, or we do it simply to survive at the time we created it. The inner child that created the shadow in the first place is very attached to keeping it because it arose often in reaction to a deep wounding. That child wants to protect us from experiencing it again, so it pushes away the part that seemed to cause the trouble. In my case, being bad and not good enough. Creating a shadow covers the wound, but unfortunately, it leaves it unhealed. We carry the wound around until someday it gets so heavy to carry that we need to open it up and finally heal it. It was not all bad to have this shadow of the bad boy or not good enough. I got lots of benefits from being the good boy. I was liked by teachers, parents, and most of the community I lived in. I got extra privileges in my family too, or so I thought so, such as a later curfew than my parents and better access to driving the car. By fighting to be good and good enough, I got good grades in school and eventually came to work for IBM, which is a great image job which my father could be proud of, even if he would not say it so to me. I was successful at IBM too, because I worked hard to achieve my goals and my fear of failure kept me being the perfect employee with lots of promotions. Striving to be good was also helpful in parts of my character development. I came to value honesty integrity, trustworthiness, making a difference, quality, and excellence. I got along with others in my circus very well and would not allow myself to have too many conflicts. I stood up for my principles and what I believed in. Peer pressure had little effect on me, so I did not take up smoking or drugs. Drinking, on the other hand, was acceptable to my father and the community, and everyone would drink and drive at the time, so that was not really bad. So, if I look back, I'm mostly grateful for identifying with the good boy. It was a useful strategy at the time, but it also had its drawbacks and limitations. Once at a Christmas gift exchange, I received a gag book 
Nice guys sleep alone. I took it as a compliment. Yes, I was a nice guy. I did not get the part about sleeping alone. But yes, I did sleep alone much of my adult life. In rejecting the bad boy, I lost many of the energies that could have spiced up my life a bit. The rebel and the risk taker thrown out with the bad boy probably would have had me date a lot more women and many women are attracted to the bad boy archetype. I probably would not have been second-guessing what my father wanted me to do and just chose for myself. I might have become a geneticist, which I had a keen interest at the time, or become more clear about living my life rather than my father's expectation of me. I probably would have bought a canoe that I always wanted when I was 12 years old, rather than listening to my father talk me out of it. Life might have been a little more juicy and exciting. I also would have been less judgmental and had more compassion for others. If I considered someone else's behavior as bad by my standards, I would reject them outright and wouldn't let them into my life. I was black and white with very little gray, I probably would have been more forgiving of myself and others when mistakes were made if I had not recreated this shadow of the bad boy. Yes, in some ways the good boy expanded me and in some ways I lost a whole other part of life by not owning and allowing the bad boy into my life. How about you? Have you had a dance with being the good or perhaps took the role of playing out the bad side by rejecting the good? How was that useful or beneficial to you at the start? And how has it shaped your life and made you who you are today? What did you give up by creating your shadow? What are the energies in the shadow that you could use now, if you've not already claimed them? Have you healed and forgiven the original wound? Forgiven both the other person, such as the parent, and forgiven yourself? Or do you still hold a charge against them or yourself for that original experience? There came a time when I could no longer contain the bad boy. I told you that story of when I quit IBM and went on a search to figure out my life rather than living the life of my father. I rebelled against all social norms of staying with a good job, earning as much money as I could, raising a family, and having a nice, cozy retirement. I finally rebelled at the age of 36 and went on a search for all that I could be. My dad did not like it, but I think many people envied me that I had the balls to break with what I was supposed to do and go with my own adventure. Maybe even my dad, somewhere inside of him, ended me too. In a way, the feeling of never being good enough started my search for the good, a connection with God. That journey to discover who I am continues to deepen and expand. I eventually came face to face with the bad boy and brought him into my heart with full acceptance and now I have his capacities available by a simple choice. A choice that I could not easily make when I was younger because I could not allow myself to be that way. Then, 
I took the not good enough energy into one of my processes to a whole new level of awareness and knowing. The human struggle to be good and good enough is playing into the biggest ego lie. It is a fabrication and an illusion. You, I, and everyone has been striving to become worthy and loved. We have kept ourselves separate from God, Goddess, all that is, because we don't feel good enough or worthy of this. But it is a lie. We are the good. We are each a spark of the universe, a spark of the divine. We are children of God. Give up the quest and know that you already are what you seek. There is nothing else to be except what you are at the core of your being. You and I and everyone are the good. We are the good. Doing this integration work of wholeness is a path to be all that you can be, to integrate that Godhood within you. It stops the leakages of your power and it plugs you into the true power source within you beyond false ego power. It takes you to your truth and your innocence. If you would like to start the work of identifying and transforming your shadows to rediscover your freedom, power, and joy, please contact me. If you're stuck somewhere in your life, I can help you find the shadows, light and dark, and that will help you set yourself free. If this feels right for you, email me, ring me up, or make an appointment with me. You'll find me at www.wisdomways.net. Thank you for tuning into Wisdom Ways to Living from Your True Power here on the TLRstation.com, powered by Tenacious Living International, where it is all about living outside the box. Have a fantastic day. Are you ready to claim your authentic power? Visit www.wisdomways.net slash power to gain instant access to Richard's free video course on being powerful. And if Richard said something today that truly impacted you and you'd like to talk with him further about it, please connect with him directly at 403-247-8042. Thanks for listening to Wisdom Ways. Have a great day. Talk with you next week.